This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in Friday edition, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. I appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We have had a lot of fun so far this week, and we're going to finish strong. I hope you all have started your weekend, maybe even a little bit early, uh, and you are rolling in here for what is, for many of you, going to be a graduation weekend. We've got so many different people out there, high school and college graduation season underway. We've got a loaded program for you. Let me give you an idea of what we've got going on. At 1 o'clock, Justin Marino is going to join us. Justin Marino is the attorney. We're going to get into this story, and we've hinted at it a couple of times this week, crazy viral video of a six-month pregnant nurse trying to get a bike to ride home after her shift at a hospital in the New York City area. Um, And she was accused of being racist. She was attacked uh, just in incredibly graphic detail uh, all over Twitter. She's had to to relocate, so she and her husband are safe. Uh, We're going to talk with uh, her attorney. He's coming in studio at one o'clock we'll also be joined uh in the second hour by riley Gaines, uh who has been fighting out for women's sports and then in the third hour senator josh hawley uh, of missouri has a new book out he's going to hop in uh with us in the final hour of the week all that uh scheduled to uh to break down with you uh we've got news that tim scott senator from south carolina has filed paperwork to officially become a candidate for president. He is reportedly going to announce on Monday uh, and begin his campaign for president, which means that two South Carolinians, Nikki Haley, also already in the race. And then there are reports that Ron DeSantis is going to announce in Miami on Wednesday. So we will give you all the latest analysis there. Uh, with Ron DeSantis prepared to announce, there is a monster, probably four or 5,000-word attack piece 
on Casey DeSantis, his wife. We will discuss that. Fetterman, uh, more audio of Fetterman attempting to uh, inject himself into the body politic. We will discuss that. Uh, Georgia and Arizona, battleground states, new polling out. What does it tell us? We will discuss. And uh, there is a lot of uh, news out there surrounding what has suddenly become a very controversial topic. And, Buck, if I had told you, if I had told you, Buck, in 2016 that we were going to be in a situation where 14- and 15-year-old kids were going to be having surgery to remove body parts and change their gender, and that the idea that a state should say, you know, we're not going to allow that, would somehow be a battleground issue, would you have believed that we were going to end up there? I mean, in, in all honesty, I, I would not have ever believed, even in 2016, that a 14-year-old having, for instance, her breast removed, uh, stopping that from occurring, or some of these sterilization, basically, procedures. Yet that is where we are, where left-wingers in this country are up in arms over the idea that we would say, hey, if you want to be trans, you have to at least wait to adulthood. Uh, are you stunned that this is where we are? You know... As a normal person just walking around day to day, I could understand how somebody would say, how did we get to this place? Couldn't have seen this coming. But when you understand the nature and the inclination of the left and the way that they engage in uh, in relentless activism and, and the way that they're willing to lie endlessly, you see that from the very beginning, Clay, it was always premised on a man can become a woman. I mean, there's always been this incoherence. All of the different, um, you know, qualifications or all of the different modifications that have been made up to this point were all rooted in a fallacy. And so what the left has realized is that the only way this whole thing sticks together, the only way that they can get their preferred policy is to take it all the way. Because otherwise there are limitations, right? Otherwise there are concerns. What I mean is, if you don't believe that that you can transition your gender, then you don't believe you can transition your gender. All this stuff that we're doing, all these accommodations, is the word I was trying to think of before, all these accommodations, usage of preferred pronouns, you know, the, the bathroom policies under Obama, if you remember, all of this stuff, it can hold together. It makes no sense um, unless you actually believe that a man can become a woman. And why are they going after kids? Why do they say that doctors get it wrong when it comes to the gender of a baby now? Well, because otherwise you start to get into, well, if this is a psychological condition, is it one that is healthy, that should be celebrated? Is it one that requires the suspension of reality for everybody else? Clay, you may have seen this. NBC News had parents file a police report after teacher offers LGBTQ-themed book to her middle schoolers. But when you actually look at what NBC News is uh, is sharing on this, when you actually look at what the book is, they're lying about what the book is. And they're lying about what's in the book. And this reminds me of, here, the, uh, the reader context on Twitter here. The incorrect book is shown by NBC. The book in question is This Book is Gay, which explains how to find sexual partners online and contain sexually explicit pictures. Yeah. The only way NBC News can make this argument about, oh, look at how terrible these parents are for stepping in, is to lie. And that is where we are. Lie about the book that the parents don't like. Because no sane person thinks you should be teaching fourth graders about where to find partners 
uh, for any sexual proclivities online. No sane person can make that argument. Yeah, it's crazy. And I actually went and looked up this book, and I would just encourage, because there is this argument on the left, as you well know, that these are books that are being banned. They're not being banned. This is just a discussion about what's appropriate at what age for kids to be exposed to a variety of different subjects, which is and has long been the province of parents. And I just go back to movies every time. Every time you hear someone say, this book has been banned, you should respond, really? Is it banned? Is it impossible to get it anywhere in the United States? Or is there just a discussion about age appropriateness in the same way that there is with every single movie? Right. If you're going to the movies this weekend with your kids, what's the first thing you're probably going to look at when you decide what movie to take them to see? What is the rating? You're probably not, if you got an eight-year-old, going to take them to an R-rated movie. If you got a 10-year-old, probably not going to do that. So that is the appropriate response, I think. But I want to play these, Buck, because I will say this is one of the first times where I've really felt, and I think you can give Matt Walsh at the Daily Wire credit, because I think his documentary, uh, What is a Woman, which I would encourage people to watch, we've talked about, I think we had him on, it really kind of opened many people's eyes to how aggressive and anti-children the trans movement has become, and how much, frankly, they are encouraging young children uh, to be uncomfortable in their bodies and tell them, hey, maybe you're not a tomboy. Maybe you should get your boobs chopped off because you're actually a boy. Greg Abbott uh, and uh, also, I believe, Ron DeSantis are out here fighting this battle right now. Let's listen to Greg Abbott, governor of Texas, uh, explain this bill that he just signed uh, in the Lone Star State. Here's cut seven. I'll be signing it. Harris, this is about protecting children. Now, remember this, and, and that is a person under the age of 18, they don't have the mental capacity to make a life-changing decision to lose uh, their sex organs. Uh, in the state of Texas, if you're under the age of 18, you can't get a tattoo, you can't buy cigarettes and so many other things, but people think that they should be able to make a decision to permanently alter their sex organs. That's just outrageous. In Texas, we believe that cutting off the child's sex organs is child abuse, and it's going to be treated that way by law. I mean, it's crazy that this has to be said. The same thing, by the way, also happening in Florida. Here's what Ron DeSantis said. Let's play cut 10. We also did a bill, which is sad that we're even having discussed this, to criminalize the mutilation of minors who are undergoing these sex change operations by these really rogue ideological physicians. And we've had heartbreaking testimony from people that have gone through this when they were minors. Now they're adults. And this is something they're now having to overcome really for the rest of their lives because irreversible changes were made. We banned this administratively last year through our medical board. So if a medical doctor did this, they lose the license in Florida, which is appropriate, but we felt you had to do more. I mean, if you're taking off the private parts of some 15-year-old kid, you know, you should go to jail for that. This is the most obvious, the most common sense position that I think the GOP has had to take in opposition to the Democrat left in, in a long time. And and I think it's it's worth noting, Clay, that one of the reasons that they're going after this, remember, they keep pushing this. There are other states so that everyone has the full context here that are creating sanctuary states yeah. so that a 14-year-old who's convinced that he is a she can go to Colorado or can go to Washington State. I'm not even sure which all of the states uh, are, are under this umbrella yet. And And the parents don't even get notification and the parents can't do anything about it. They're running to these clinics. These clinics are going to be funded by by the left. It's very ideological. 
But if they don't intervene at this level, one thing that you can expect is that a lot of these teenagers who are, you know, believe they're trans or they're going through this, this psychological process of thinking they're the other gender. What happens when we get data on the percentage of them who, how else do you say it? Grow out of it. Yeah. Which is going to be very high. Mark my words. You know how you know this? Because you look at the practice of psychiatry before it was overtaken by left-wing zealots, which unfortunately it has been. The most left-wing of all of the medical specialties is psychiatry by far. Before psychiatrists were just all, you know, doing their, their best, uh, to destroy civilization in the name of, of, of equity or whatever, uh, they recognized that a lot of these kids just grow out of it. And what's the harm if it's so important? What's the harm in, the harm in waiting, Clay, is what? You have to, you have to live, uh, you know, not the way that you think you should be for a few more years till you're an adult. Never heal. They have open gashes, folks, that never heal. And you're supposed to pretend that the gash is female genitalia. This is the definition of monstrous. It, I mean, it really is, Buck. And there was a good piece. I know we've talked about it on the show, and I saw the Wall Street Journal build on it. Uh, I believe it was Monday or Tuesday's journal. They wrote all of the laws out about tattoos and you know, giving kids under 18 in some states is a felony, a tattoo, literally giving them a tattoo. And the whole logic behind it is, hey, how many people when they're 14 or 15, they even have one of the most the, the nation's foremost tattoo artists. And he says, like, I won't do tattoos under the age of 18. And his quote, and I'm paraphrasing, is basically how many kids 14 or 15 get a tattoo and when they're 40 or 50, they're like, man, that tattoo that I got when I was 14 or 15 is great. I'm so glad I have it. So we have some states treat kids under 18 getting tattoos as a felony. And these same states, this is what's crazy, Buck, to your point, these same left-wing states are like, oh, but you should be able to chop off your boobs at 14 or 15, and it's a human right. They won't let you get a tattoo but they'll let you remove your breast and stop yourself from going through puberty? These doctors are violating the Hippocratic Oath. No doubt. I mean, this goes to the most basic, the, the, these surgeries that they are doing, these hormone blockers they're giving. And there's also this massive recognition among many of us after the COVID fiasco, whether it was doctors rushing people onto ventilators, which killed them, or doctors insisting you double or even triple mask, which was useless, or doctors saying get shots four, five, and six. Those are the really good ones that will protect you. People recognize now the ideological rot that has spread within the medical community such that, yeah, the same doctors. What I, I want to ask this. What correlation does everyone think there is between doctors who support gender transition for minors and doctors who think Fauci is a genius, masking was a lifesaver, and the vaccines were a gift from, well, I wouldn't say God because they don't believe in God, but a gift from, you know, somewhere. 100% Clay. Yeah, they 100% overlap. guaranteed. They overlap. Uh, we'll get into all this and more. 800-282-2882. Obviously, it is Friday as well. We will take some of your calls. Uh, but in the meantime, I want to tell you, hey, how about saving some money and getting a brand new phone in the process? That's a good idea. You can get a Samsung Galaxy phone when you sign up for Pure Talk today. Free 5G Samsung Galaxy phone without 
bearing the cost in the fine print. Just sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, text, and data plan. Mobile hotspot for just 55 bucks a month. You get a 5G Samsung Galaxy for free. That's right. Unlimited everything. Fraction of the price. Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. More than you can save there. And you'll be on America's most dependable 5G network. Make the switch today to Pure Talk, the wireless company we're proud to stand behind because they're proud to stand behind us. Just dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck. You'll get a free Samsung Galaxy when you sign up for unlimited talk, text, and unlimited data. Again, pound 250, say Clay and Buck. Switch to Pure Talk today. Pure Talk, wireless for Americans, by Americans. Sanity in an insane world. The Clay, Travis, and Buck Sexton Show. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my from this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Clay and Buck. You remember yesterday I talked to you about this story where Adidas is uh, trying to sell bathing suits, women's bathing suits, by having men with hairy chests and male areas, bulges, I believe, is how they are described in the news sites, um, and that some people are upset about this. Some people think that this is uh, an outrage. Riley Gaines here on FoxNews.com torches Adidas for disgusting women's swimsuit ad that accentuates models' bulge. Well, 
Riley made the news on this one. We wanted to bring her in and talk to us about it. Riley Gaines of the Independent Women's Forum is with us now. She's also the best freestyle NCAA women's swimmer of last year. Um, Riley, thanks for being with us. Of course. Thank you so much for having me on. So what's going on with a global sportswear company putting guys with hairy chests and bulges in female (laughs) bathing suits? I see this. And, of course, let's take it back. We just saw Nike do this, right, with their women's sports bra. They highlighted Dylan Mulvaney as the best women's sports bra models, which, of course, we know sports bras are exclusively limited for just women use. And they did this. And the reaction was a, an uproar. Um, women across the aisle, regardless of, I mean, take away your political affiliation, women across the globe were irritated by this. They were furious. They were offended. Adidas saw this. They saw this uproar, yet they still chose to do the exact same thing themselves. And they created a woman's swimsuit modeled by a man, accessorized with a bulge. It's disgusting. It's perverse. It's offensive it's demeaning it's belittling to what womanhood and what being a woman really is because i can guarantee you there is no woman who would put on that suit and simultaneously have that same bulge that the model does riley first of all i saw you yesterday uh, or a couple days ago at the airport coming back from testifying in front of congress i thought you did an awesome job there uh my wife watched your testimony and she was super fired up and her argument is, and I'm curious how, how you would think about this, that the ultimate form of misogyny is men deciding that they can replace women in women's events and even in women's modeling like this. And I'm curious what you would say to this. There are a lot of women, uh, men pretending to be women, right, that become famous. I'm betting that Adidas has never paid you a dollar. I'm betting that Nike has never paid you a dollar. Uh, and you are an actual women's athlete, unlike the people that they're paying to model women's athleisure or athletic sportswear. There are no uh, men who uh, women who identify as men that become famous. Why do you think that is? Why do you think men pretending to be women these people are making millions of dollars, and there's almost no uh, flip side, right? Women who decide Absolutely. to identify as men that are becoming famous in that regard. Right, right. And I, I actually like how you said it. It's the ultimate form of misogyny. It's the ultimate form of mansplaining. You yeah. have a man telling a woman what feminism is and how to, how to embrace that. But you're exactly right. You don't see women going into men's sports. You don't see women going into men's bathrooms. You don't see women getting paraded on Bud Light cans as this this big manly man. That's not happening. No, we're seeing men dress up as Audrey Hepburn, and they're getting the sponsorships and the endorsements. And it just goes back to the systemic erasure of women as a whole. It's a lot bigger than just sports. It's a lot bigger um, than that. Of course, look at what's happening in prisons. You don't see women identifying as men going into men's prisons. That's not happening it is only going one way across the board in regards to the language that we're deeming offensive. Why is it now that mother is deemed offensive, yet we can still use fathers? I'm actually right here in Green Hills, Clay. I know you know where that is. Oh, yeah. And I just went to the restroom in Nordstrom, and there is a unisex restroom, and there's a men's restroom right here. It blows my mind. <laughs> I took a picture of it, and it, I'm just I'm baffled this is only going one way. Where do you think it's going next, Riley? We're speaking to Riley Gaines of the Independent Women's Forum, NCAA uh, national champion, freestyle swimmer. 
Um, I'm I'm declaring a disqualification of Leah Thomas, uh, who she swam against in those finals here. Uh, so, um, tell us, Riley, where where do you think the next steps are? I mean, at this point, we can't even. There's no parity that seems possible of this gender bending and gender erasure. Well, really, women erasing is what's going on. Um, because the crazier it gets, the more they double down. Uh, what, what do you think happens next? I mean, are, are we just supposed to expect that we have unisex sports and that's where it goes for women? You know, I hate to say it, but I do think it gets worse before it gets better. And, of course, that's betting on the fact that women won't boycott their sports. They won't boycott their sororities or whatever that might look like. You do have to imagine it's going to get worse before it gets better. But that being said... I do think more and more people are opening their eyes and seeing just how harmful this is to women. I mean, we can't even define the word woman. Um, part of the reason why I was just in D.C. Um, earlier this week was to introduce the Women's Bill of Rights, which is a bill that puts into law the definition of a woman. I can't believe that that's necessary because, of course, the public knows what a woman is. But it's time that our laws and these unelected bureaucrats and judges and officials who are interpreting these laws as to however they want, it's time they know as well. Um, so to answer your question, I think it gets worse before it gets better. But ultimately, I see this getting better. It has to. I don't understand how this lunacy, this insanity can continue. Riley, uh, I think you're super brave. Obviously, people have seen what happened to you, uh, I believe, at San Francisco State University when you went to go speak there. And obviously, you are getting a lot of negative blowback. I bet you actually get more positivity, though, when you're out and about. I'm curious on that. But also, I think the story of how you ended up speaking out is so important. You have said, and and you can explain to our audience, if Leah Thomas, that is a man, doesn't decide to identify as a woman and compete as a women's swimmer against you at the NCAA championships, if he doesn't decide to compete as a she, you would have gone where? What would you be doing in your life right now as opposed <laughs> to speaking out on this issue? My intention, my plan, I graduated from school with my degree in human health sciences and health law and had every intention on being in dental school. Actually, what I wanted to pursue is endodontics. Um, which is essentially someone who performs root canals, that's what I wanted to do. So by no means do I feel equipped for the position that I'm in. Um, by no means do I feel brave either. I think it's crazy, and it shows the true state of our nation when we consider someone brave or courageous for simply saying that men and women are different and that women deserve respect and equal opportunities. I, I, can't, I can't fathom how that's brave, um, but it has become, in a sense, it is brave to say so. Um, due to this, of course, this cancel culture that we live in. But I'll tell you about the public response. Tenfold support in comparison to anything negative. Yeah. Um, I have never had, on a personal interaction, on a day-to-day, -day, my daily life, I have never had one person come up to me and say they disagree with me. You mentioned Katie Porter, who's taken shots at you. She's running for Senate in California. I saw you tweet about this, and I wanted to give you a chance to talk about the difference between public versus, uh, you know, like television sometimes in real life. Katie Porter's a grown woman. She's running for Senate. She's a congresswoman right now. She ripped you on Piers Morgan. She ripped you on Bill Maher. You said you tried to talk to her because you were up on Capitol Hill. What happened? <laughs> yeah, I'll kind of backstory what she said about me is she disagrees with everything i do entirely and she says that i'm just doing this for clicks and i'm doing this for like that's what my fight to protect women in sports is about it's about me and my personal advancement and so i did i saw her on capitol hill 
And of course I, I had to address it because I'm not someone who's going to let that go. If you have something that you wanted to say, I actually just wanted to respectfully ask her what she disagreed about. And when I tried to confront her, introduce myself, she, of course, turned and ran the other way. I, I said, hello, Representative Porter. My name is Riley Gaines, to which I know you know that. But, I bet you could catch her if you wanted to. I'm just putting that out there. Hey, I, I very easily could. I'm just saying. Um, and I'm not a fast runner, if that tells you anything. Um, but she turned and walked the other way. As I'm telling her, you know this isn't about clicks and likes. To say that is completely disingenuous, and as a woman, it's heartbreaking. To have another woman attack you for trying to protect women, it doesn't make sense. But that's what we're seeing, again, across the board, and she couldn't say it to my face. She can only say it behind a screen or in front of a camera. Thanks so much, Riley Gaines, for being with us. Follow Riley on uh, on Twitter, and uh, she's doing stuff for the Independent Women's Forum. And, Riley, next time you're going to go on a college campus uh, tour or something, let us know. We'll promote it here on the show and make sure we get lots of, of good and patriotic Americans in the stands so the lunatics can't surround the building. Hey, you guys are who I'm calling for security, so <laughs> you got it. But Clay and I know some guys. We know, we know a lot of special operations guys who listen to the show, but we'll we'll direct them. We'll I don't know, Riley. Just to be fair, I don't know that you want to go radio guys as your personal security. <laughs> yeah. uh, but but we know people. <laughs> we got friends who are like SEALs and Delta and stuff. We'll ask them to come do security. But thank you so much, Riley. Great to have you on. Of course. Thank you, guys. Clay, it's amazing, isn't it, that she's even in this position? Um you know, Senator Josh Hawley is going to say at best we catch up with him later today in the program on his latest book. The title alone tells you so much. Manhood, the masculine virtues America needs. Masculinity means a lot of things to a lot of people. It'll be interesting to hear Senator Hawley's definition of it. I bet it'll include strength and resolve, energy and determination. In a man's body, a lot of that comes from the right amount of testosterone. Having healthy levels of testosterone early in life is easy. The body produces it naturally. But as we age, it's normal to have reduced amounts. That's where Chalk, the company making the male vitality stack of supplements, kicks in. The leading ingredient in this daily supplement restores 20% of the testosterone a man's body needs in just three months' time. That's a game changer, and it will make you feel energized, able to focus, and just better overall in terms of wellness. Sign up today at Chalk.com. That's C-H-O-Q.com. Get 35% off any Chalk subscription for life when you use my name, Buck, in your purchase process. That's Chalk, C-H-O-Q dot com. Use the name Buck for 35% off. Get to know the guys outside the issues. Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck, a new podcast. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome into the second hour of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show. A video that has gone mega viral, over 40 million views online and counting, of... A young woman, she has been named, Sarah Comrie is her name, uh, who is accused, was accused, I should say, we can clear all this up today, of taking a city bike from a young black man. The black man, uh, in this case, claimed that he paid, so just so you understand, this is right outside of the hospital in New York City. This is, uh, what, earlier, this was on May 12th, so about a week ago. Um, and it's right outside of her hospital in New York City. She is six months pregnant. She had worked a 14-hour shift at the hospital. We now know also that she was somebody who worked in the hospital throughout COVID. 
Remember we used to, you know, clap our hands in the pots and pans for the first responders and all that in New York? I remember I was there. So she's trying to get home, and she gets to her city bike, which are these bikes, for those of you who don't know, that you can rent. You put in a credit card, and you're in some sort of a program, and there's these docking stations. And a young black man, in fact, I believe a, a number of young black men, uh, surround her and actually place hands on the bike, push the bike into the dock again, claim that she is taking one of the, that effectively one of the um, men have rented this bike, that she is taking a bike that they rented. Here is, we have the audio of it, here is some of what this exchange sounded like. Play it. Ah! Please help me. 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 Okay, so you get the idea. This this woman, uh, Sarah uh, Comrie, being harassed. At one point, one of the uh, one of the black men in the video says, "You're putting your fetus on my hand," which I don't even know what that is supposed to mean. But claiming that she's initiating the contact, they were initiating contact. She felt like she was in a difficult and uncomfortable situation. She wanted help. And the interesting part of all this is, guess who the bike actually belonged to? Well, we have now somebody who can answer some of these questions and more. In studio in New York City is Justin Marino, Sarah Comrie's lawyer. Justin, thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. So let's just get to the facts of this. Uh, and by the way, you pl- please feel free to, I just know the media reports, you're the lawyer on the case, you're representing Sarah Comrie. Um, but we do know for a fact, and you can add anything else you like in terms of facts, that Sarah did rent this bike and that she had every right to take this bike. Uh, th- that's 100% correct. Um, the, the only misstatement is it was actually a 12-hour shift, not a 14-hour shift, which, Sorry. St- which still is remarkable for a, uh, a woman who's six months pregnant. She's a physician's assistant, by the way, at Bellevue Hospital in New York City, which has the most uh, economically disadvantaged population ever. Uh, and so, excuse me, one of in the most within the country. And so she literally saves lives with her colleagues on a daily basis, worked through COVID, and has spent her whole life helping people. She could have easily got a job on Park Avenue and in, in another medical capacity making more money, but she literally selflessly is trying to help others. And so for her whole life helping people, um, it is effectively ruined with a uh, one-minute video. Okay, so this to me is so fascinating, and we got Justin Marino in studio here in New York City with us. He's the attorney representing this uh, this woman who did nothing wrong and has gone viral, as Buck mentioned, somewhere around 40 million views of this. She was labeled as a Karen, as a racist. Uh, Benjamin Crump, who is a professional racial agitator, tweeted out that she was in some way engaging in racist behavior based on her interactions with these young kids. They were the ones who took the video. They edited it, I believe, and then shared it, and it has been... Uh, distributed widely 
What has happened? Because I think this is a fear of many people out there. Uh, it almost has a Nicholas Sandman association with it, where uh, for those of you who remember the young uh, high school kid who was standing on the Lincoln Memorial steps, did nothing wrong, but they labeled him as a racist because he was wearing a MAGA hat. This is a six-month pregnant nurse. Uh, this video goes viral. What has happened to her since this video has gone viral? Uh, how has her life changed, and and what is it like right now to your understanding? Uh, her life is devastated. She quite literally is in hiding. Uh, she's received threats to her life and her husband's life. Uh, this is the absolute worst thing that anyone can envision uh, happening to anyone. And it is, it's simply tragic. And it's quite literally uh, the, a result of the irresponsibility of the media. Uh, can I ask also what the status is with her employer, uh, Justin? We were, and by the way, we're speaking to Justin Marino, lawyer for Sarah Comrie, the woman in the uh, ultra viral video being accused of a Karen of being a Karen and a racist. Um, uh, these these are all rooted in lies about what actually occurred. Uh, Justin, her employer placed her on leave and is investigating. What is there to investigate at this point, other than she didn't do anything wrong? Um. Initially, they came out and their first reaction is to, you know, look into it. And frankly, I don't blame them for doing an investigation and, and I would expect them to do so. And as an employment lawyer, I think it's per perfectly acceptable. Um, they, they're basically looking, they're, they're trying to presumably speak to other witnesses. Uh, we presented our case uh, to them on day two. Um, they immediately put her on leave on day one uh, or, or the first business day. And... Um, you know they're going to fulfill their their uh, their role, but part of me being here is so that you know public perception is going to change because now you know the reality of what occurred. So then this employer is going to be hopefully harassed by you know the mob saying you must fire her, and and hopefully they can um, be compelled to make the right decision. How do you unring the bell? In a situation like this, when you have a false accusation, and to be fair, there are lots of false accusations about public figures, but they have the opportunity sometimes to go out and defend themselves. For instance, Trump can say, hey, this is fake news. He can go out. When you have a legitimately false accusation made against what is to this time, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, someone who's not a public figure, right? Someone who's just a private individual working in the hospital as a nurse, six months pregnant, living her normal life. Suddenly she is branded as an awful, heinous racist. How do you unring that bell? In your experience, labor and employment lawyer, what can she have happen in the future that in some way uh, helps to provide some form of normalcy in her life? How do you get back to that? I, I, I suppose we're hoping time heals all wounds and, and knowledge and evidence of these receipts will show that the underlying chaos that, that caused this is actually completely false. Um, the, the problem, of course, is there are individuals, irrespective of, you know, what we talk about now and the evidence we have, that are still going to have, you know, this anger and hate towards her. And, you know, there's crazy individuals that may, you know, follow her. So this is a problem, and ultimately it cannot be cured completely. Justin, uh, is there anything that Sarah wants the public to know, either additional context or just something? Because clearly this was... This was edited, released, and framed in a way that was dishonest and meant to defame her, uh, meant to really, really harm her um, in the, all the ways we've talked about. But I'm just wondering if there's anything that either uh, transpired right before, right after, additional context that doesn't show up in the video that she wants the public to know about. Despite everything that happened to her, despite that a complete stranger 
inadvertently had his arm on her pregnant belly. Um, she wants everyone to know that we, her and, and, and her lawyers, um, do not have any ill will towards these young men. Um, she legitimately wishes them the best because the, the fact is, is, is the hatred and the scrutiny that's been applied to her. We, we don't want that to apply to anyone else, including these young men. And, and so despite everything she's gone through, you know, she is so compassionate that literally she wishes these people the best. And she hopes that no repercussions will ever occur to them because they're young men. You know, people make mistakes. You know, that's fine. This we would not be here today had their skin color. Everyone in that video been the same. Yeah. And, and, and it is the media's fault for, for blowing it up. So you, I mentioned Nicholas Sandman earlier, and we're talking to Justin Marino, labor and employment attorney for Sarah Comrie, who is a totally innocent uh, nurse, six months pregnant, who was accused of being a racist uh, and, and now has getting death threats because of a viral video that over 40 million people have watched. Nicholas Sandman sued um, many different media organizations, individuals, and ultimately those were settled because he was not a public figure, right? And there was a video that was distributed, many different news organizations piled on at the idea that he was an awful racist, uh, you know, Trump supporter. He's a high school kid who was doing nothing wrong when the full context of the video came out. Piers, your client also done nothing wrong, 100% innocent, has been vilified, dragged through the mud. Do you believe that you have, because she's a private figure when this video went public, do you believe that you have causes of action against some of these individuals in media or with large public profiles that have tried to attack her as an awful racist, essentially defamed her, and as you said, made it very difficult for her to get back to her normal life? Without question. There is a reason in this country we have a cause of action called defamation. Yes. Um, it is to for this very purpose. And so you can't take someone who has literally just, she's a hero. She's saved people's lives with her colleagues in, in the most economically disadvantaged hospital, potentially in the country. And with one fell swoop, you call her a racist, you call her a thief, you call her a white supremacist, you call her a Karen. Um, all of those words, in my opinion, excuse me, according to the law, and we'll prove that Karen is per se defamatory, um, but Every single part of it is uh, outrageous, and we do plan to go after the media to rectify this so that they don't do it again. So what's the time frame on when those lawsuits might be filed in your mind to try to send a message, much as Nicholas Sandman did himself? Um, right now, our focus is her employer, uh, making sure she still has her job, to her safety by making sure the general public knows the truth, uh, that she is a hero. Um, after that, the statute of limitations give us a year to go after them. I, I would imagine we'll be filing lawsuits well before then. Justin Marino, appreciate you coming in to tell us about Sarah Comrie and to, to really set the record straight. And we'll continue to follow this uh, this case and hope that there's some justice. And please give Sarah regards from us and everybody listening that we wish her and her family well. We're thinking about her and praying for them. Thank you very much. Next Tuesday morning is going to be really a lot of fun. I hope a lot of you will join. At 10 a.m. before the show starts here, join me for an exclusive interview with an extraordinary market analyst who's got an awesome name, Mason Sexton. That's right. It's my dad, my father. He'll be telling us about the great disruption of 2023. Dad received worldwide attention for his uncanny prediction of the 1987 stock market crash and then went on to make many other incredibly accurate and timely market calls. Not only did he call the bottom of the 2008-2009 financial crisis months in advance, he called the top of the market before the COVID crash and the bottom. 
He also called the exact top of the market in January 2023 and in 1982 called the bull market after stocks went nowhere for 14 years. Now my dad, Mason Sexton, is coming forward with his first major prediction in 30 years. Something big and about to be set in motion over the next eight weeks. Want to know more? Sign up online to join us. Go to Disruption2023.com. That's Disruption2023.com. He's Buck Sexton. He's Clay Travis. Together, they're breathing sanity into an insane world. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my from this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We are joined now by Missouri Senator Josh Hawley, father of three, He's got a new book, Manhood, The Masculine Virtues America Needs. And I I mean, I'm sure, uh, Senator, you look around and see some of this ridiculous stuff. Uh, The Adidas has men uh, wearing women's uh, uh, bathing suits. We've got men winning women's championships. I don't think anybody can argue that masculinity in many ways is under siege. So is femininity. So is the very idea that there's a different in the sex difference in the sexes. How do we fix this? Well, thanks for having me on. It's great to be with you. And you nailed it. It is the left is is waging a war on the whole idea of gender. They're telling men that they're inherently toxic. 
they're telling women that they don't exist. You know, I mean, anybody can be a woman today. I mean, it is crazy stuff. The way we fix it, I think, is we, first of all, insist that on, on the reality of biology, that there are really biological men. That's a real thing. And there really are biological women. And those things are different, number one. Number two, it's, it's good. It's good to be a man. It's good to be a woman. And then I think, Clay, for young men, we need to send the message that, hey, there are role models out there of what a good, strong man looks like. We need strong men in America. We need men who are going to take responsibility for their lives, for their families, ultimately for their country. And we need to send that message to young people especially. Senator Holly, it's Buck. Thanks for being with us. Uh, I want to know, Clay and I talk about this a lot. I wanted to hear your take on it, which is why does the left want to undermine masculinity so much it's very clear there's a concerted effort here what's the motivation behind that i think it's power you know i think that men who are strong and independent are a threat to the leftists and to the elitists who want to run the country you think about buck their message to men for the last 20 30 40 years it's been hey go turn on a screen go entertain yourself buy some stuff be an androgynous consumer but don't rock the boat. You know, let, let us, let the experts run the country. You just sit there and, and do as you're told. I think men who are independent, who say, no, actually, I, I got a job. I'm economically independent. I, I provide for my family. I'm morally independent. I've got my own political views. That's a threat to the liberal elites, the so-called experts running this country. And that's exactly why we need men to stand up be stronger, to take responsibility. That's what liberty is. Liberty is when we run our own lives, right? Liberty is when we run our own government. So to reclaim the promise of liberty in this country, preserve it, we need men who are going to stand up, take responsibility, be strong and independent. You know, Buck and I talk a lot on this program. I mean, there are certain things that I see, and it's almost impossible to have predicted that this would ever occur. Even even if you go back to like 2010, 2016 even, the idea that there wouldn't be, and I know you guys just voted on this, there wouldn't be a single Democrat in Congress in the House or the Senate that was willing to say, hey, men's sports should be for men and women's sports should be for women blows my mind. Did you ever think, I mean, you grew up playing athletics. You, like we said, you've got three kids as well. You're in Missouri. I'm sure that most of your constituents think this is wild too. Did you ever think we'd see an entire political party unwilling to say, hey, we should separate men and women's sports? No, no, I did not. I wouldn't have thought that just three or four years ago. Yeah. I mean, it, it is incredible, this radical ideology that is so totally unhinged from reality. And Clay, you know, you know, parents, parents don't want this. And that crosses political lines. At least it does in my state. Democrat parents, independent parents, they don't care. They just want their kids, number one, to be affirmed for who they are. Not that, you know, oh, if you're a boy, you need to be a girl. If you're a girl, you need to be a boy. Crazy. They want their girls to actually be able to play sports and not have men pushed into their same sports leagues or into their same locker rooms. This is pretty basic stuff. And I think the left has gotten so out of control here they've gotten so far afield that they've just completely lost touch with reality and that's why you know conservatives this is the time for conservatives to stand up and to defend manhood to defend womanhood to say those things are real those things have value and we should recover what healthy role models for both of them look like senator holly uh with us now from missouri uh senator your democrat senate colleagues on this gender issue do you think, I mean, without asking anyone specifically, but as as a general matter, do they believe the stuff, the slogans they mouth on TV about how 
it's fine that you know men can actually be women and they should compete or are they just so afraid of the cult and their political power demands it that they're willing to go along with it you know what i mean are, are they true believers or are they just they don't have a choice in their minds I think it's probably the second thing, and and I say that because I I have I have respect for these people, and I just can't believe they actually believe this stuff. You know, I mean, I think it's that the the lobby here, the radical left lobby. Let's remember who the base of the Democrat Party is now. It's people who fly around in private jets and and go to conferences at Davos. Like that's their base. Those are the people with the power. The radical activists who also tend to be very rich and well connected. So I think they're very responsive to those people, and those people. Are pushing this this uh, trans ideology, this no gender ideology, uh, all, all the way. I mean, hook, line, and sinker. I think the left has bought it. So that to me is is what's driving this. But you know, it it is it's crazy. I mean, it's crazy talk. And I think of the hearing that I had uh, some months back, where we had but called by the Democrats, where we had an elite law professor who wouldn't even say the word woman. You know, she kept saying persons with birthing capacity, and it's like, wait, you mean you mean woman, right? Here's the point that we're at in America with the left. They won't say man. They won't say woman. And I think one of the reasons I wrote the book is to cut across all of that all of that nonsense. Let's tell the truth. We need good, strong men. We need good, strong women, too. But for men, this is really a, a call to step up, to take responsibility, and to go out there, change your own life first, and then change your family, change this country. The book is Manhood, the Masculine Virtues America Needs. Um I'm sure I've got three boys, so I spend a lot of time thinking about this, 15, 12, and 8. And and obviously, I see a lot of their their friends around and everything else. And one thing I hear from them, and I'm curious if you're hearing this from your own kids or if you're hearing this from constituents, a lot of young you know, men, a lot of boys, they look around and say, you know, we're being told that we are toxic because we are boys. And, and like, I'll hear from my own kids, like, there's a lot of, you know, pro-femininity still out there, the girl power uh, initiative and whatnot. I think that a lot of young boys growing into men are really lost, and, and, and they don't know how to be comfortable in their own skin. I think this is also happening with women, because you look at high rates of suicide and depression that exist out there. How do we fix it? Because this is something that I think is so important. There's a lot of lost souls in the younger generation. Um, I'm sure you see it, and I'm sure you're trying to address it in in the book. But do you feel it? Do you feel that uh, when you're around the country, Senator Hawley, that even for something like when you and I would have grown up uh, you know, 20, 30 years ago, this didn't exist. It really feels like men are truly under assault in this country. 100%. And I think the message that you just articulated is 100% what men, especially young men here, which is that if you're a man, you're toxic. If you're a man, you make the world a worse place just by being a man. And that is incredibly disorienting to young men, you know, who naturally come built in with a sense of adventure, a longing to, you know, go out and, and discover and push boundaries and be aggressive like that. You know, that's just listen. I mean, you've got you've got boys. I've got boys like this is how boys are. And when they're told from the time they're little, that's a problem. You're a problem. You need to stop that. It is it's profoundly disorienting, disorienting to them. So how do we change that? I think part of the answer is we try and tell good stories, recover role models. This is what I try to do in the book. I tell stories from my own life, coaches, mentors who are significant to me uh, from American history, from the Bible, 
what does it look like to be a good, strong man? And I think we can hold up those role models for young men today and say, look, here, this is what it looks like. It's good to be a man. It's good to have ambition. It's good to want to be strong. Channel that in service to others, and then you've got the recipe to really make a difference with your life. The book is Manhood, The Masculine Virtues America Needs. Senator Josh Hawley, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. There's a lot of momentous, life-changing decisions going on at each of the pre-born network of clinics nationwide every day. Take Caitlin's circumstances as just one example. She was adamant about getting an abortion. She told their counselor, I'm not sure who the father is, but it doesn't matter. There is nobody in my life who thinks I should have this baby. Caitlin had already had two abortions and a history of, dr- a history of drug abuse uh, and alcohol. Caitlin's client advocate reviewed her options, including adoption, and scheduled her for a return ultrasound uh, ultrasound appointment. Caitlin was still adamant about getting an abortion, but after a second ultrasound, she had a change of heart and decided to give up her daughter for adoption. Not only was her baby's life saved, but this child led Caitlin to clean up her life, stop doing drugs, and receive counseling. Preborn's network of clinics bring hope to pregnant women considering an abortion. They do this by providing a free ultrasound as well as a lot of care and love and support if, in fact, they choose to have the baby. For just $28, you could sponsor an ultrasound and write a new story. To donate, use your cell phone and dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, say baby, or visit preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K, sponsored by Preborn. Download and use the new Clay and Buck app. Listen to the program live. Catch up on any part of the show you might have missed. Find every podcast as they're released and listen. Find the Clay and Buck app in your app store and make it part of your day. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.